Hi, I'm your host, Brittany Spence, and this is In the Face of Illness. We are a podcast committed to cultivating a greater understanding of the many resources available for families facing childhood illness, because we believe this is a vital topic of conversation, not only for families in the throes of the fight, but for everyone. Ultimately, we are here to offer hope in the face of illness. We are um, excited to have Whitney Marcuso on the podcast with us today to tell us a little bit about her family story and their medical journey with their son. So um, thank you for joining us. I'm so happy to be here. We're so, so glad excited. Uh, for you to be here. I have known their family for a long time. Um, unfortunately, seen them in and out of the hospital. We would uh, call them our frequent flyers because mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. have spent quite a bit of time. So Indeed. we're thrilled to have her on. So um, why don't you start telling us a little bit about your family and then we'll kind of go into Louie. Okay, great. Um, so I'm a mother of four boys and we finally had a little girl that joined the family. Just gosh, it'll be three years ago, June 23rd. Um, we have the oldest is, is 20 and we've got them all the way down to two. So it's a very complex group. Mm-hmm. Um, I stay at home and sort of manage the household while Matt works. And yeah, that's pretty much us. We are, uh, um, like I said, a complex group of, you know, just sitting here doing life. Um, and um, we live in Germantown. Um, so we're pretty close to Le Bonner, which has been a great thing for mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. Um, especially once Louis, Louis joined the crew. So, yeah, we have um, Houston graduate and we have a Houston student. And then um, all of my other kiddos go to Riverdale. And uh, luckily, Louie will be able to attend Riverdale this year in mm. August. So that's exciting. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, we are longtime uh, Memphians. And um, that's pretty much it about us. Yeah. So tell us a little bit. So in your family, Louie is your middle, right yes. there in the middle. Um, yes, he is. So tell us about how your medical journey with Louie began. So, um, he, I was 19 weeks pregnant. I go in for, um, our fetal survey, um, which is when the doctor, you know, usually you find out what the sex is and it's a super exciting time. And our, um, ultrasound tech, she, you know, sort of, uh, she was going through the scan. Um, she pulled us aside and said, you know, um, the doctor needs to see you guys about something. And I kind of got a little pit in my stomach, but, you know, wasn't too concerned about it. Um, and so we go into a room and the doctor comes in and basically tells us, you know, that um, our son has a heart defect among some other issues. Um, and they sent us upstairs uh, to a high-risk pregnancy doctor who could do, um, you know, a much more extensive ultrasound, 3D ultrasound is what they call it. And that's sort of when our life completely changed. He, in utero, had hydrocephalus, um, a heart defect, which, you know, later was diagnosed tetralogy of flow with pulmonary atresia. I know that's a big, long word, but he was a heart defect. He had duodenal atresia, um, which is an issue with his small intestine. Um, He also had issues with his kidney. And so we were told then that it might be a good idea just to abort the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. They didn't really see him making it uh, very long, um, outside, you know, um, and so we had a lot to think about Mm -hmm. that day, um, of my husband and I, due to our beliefs, we, we didn't think that it was our decision to take Louie's life. And so we chose to, um, continue with the pregnancy and we were monitored very closely and he was born, you know, full term, 39 weeks. He was a tiny, you know, four pounds and six ounces and survived and ended up being, you know, um, taken to the NICU. And that's where we stayed for a while after he was born and thus continued our long journey. NICU (laughs) in the birthing hospital or immediately to Le Bonner's NICU? Immediately to Le Bonner's NICU. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was able to give birth at Baptist, which is where I've given birth to my other children. And so, um, they were able, he was stable enough at the time. He was full term. Um, everything, you know, was seemingly going well, but we did know that, you know, PD flight, the nurses, they were going to be there to transport him immediately, that he was not going to be able to stay with us. Mm -hmm. And so we just, 
I didn't stay at that hospital very long. I mm-hmm. kept telling her, so oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. And so as soon as I could leave, we went straight to Le Bonner and, and, and that's where we spent another three months with him. Um, and so the first, that first stay, that long mm-hmm. three month NICU stay, what were the big obstacles, you know, oh. that were keeping y'all there? What were the things, you know, what needed to kind of be done immediately? You named a lot of mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. big things that even mm-hmm. just one of those for a a baby is a big deal. Mm-hmm. You named the kidneys were involved. Mm-hmm. I think you said the small intestines were involved, mm-hmm. obviously the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me about that, about that NICU stay. So um, once uh, Louie got to the NICU, we knew that the very first surgery that was going to have to happen was um, for a general surgeon to repair the um, small intestine. Um, it was, there was a, a very narrow area of the small intestine, which um, needed to be basically resectioned, um, and then there was a G tube placed. Um, so that was the very first one. Okay. We knew that the heart needed to be repaired as soon as it could be after that surgery. Um, so it, really, there was a plans, lot of waiting. So yeah. plans were made even while oh, the wait. Like. Oh. Mm-hmm. This is what we're looking at. Yes. Did you go and even meet with the Lobotter yes. team? We met with all of our surgeons. We met with all of our um, specialists that we were going to be dealing with throughout the journey. Um, you know, we were assigned a cardiologist or not assigned. We, you know, were recommended different okay. uh, pediatric cardiologists. Okay. Dr. Joshi um, is the one that we went with and he's was wonderful through the entire process, explained, you know, um, different scenarios and, and what needed to happen immediately and what you know, would most likely happen as the weeks went on, the months. Um, so it was a very daunting process, but mm-hmm. we felt very informed. But there was just a lot of waiting. There was, you know, um, <laughs> waiting for him to have a bowel movement, which took weeks after the surgery. And we knew, and this whole time in your mind, you're thinking, oh, I just want to get home mm-hmm. with my baby. Like, I just wish that I could just be home so we waited and waited for that to happen. Then we waited for him to gain as much weight as possible. But with the size that he was and just being a more critical baby anyway, I mean, you know, um, he wasn't gaining much weight. And so we were waiting and waiting. And finally, he reached a point where he just had to have the heart surgery. And mm-hmm. so they went in and did heart surgery. Um, um, and And after his first heart surgery we were finally getting to that point where it was like, okay, we see a light at the end of the tunnel. We might be getting to go home soon. And it was roughly about three months after he was born that we finally got to take him home. Wow. So three months old, mm-hmm. still has some underlying. Oh yes. Okay. Oh yes. Had to learn. I, we had to go through a class, um, which Labonna provides, you know, all mamas that have babies with G tubes, um, which was wonderful. Um, I just remember the uh, nurses that instructed us and that were there, you know, holding our hand through it. They were so sweet and so patient and so kind. Um, but, yeah, you have to you, – you basically have to check off on, a, on a, you know, these lists and these tasks and these uh, um, different things you have to learn in order to be able to leave. So it, we were having to learn and go through classes while managing our emotions and mm-hmm. having a new baby and all of these things, just trying to get home. So it was, mm-hmm. it, it was interesting. It was, a, it was a lot, but. Um, and at home you still have, what, a 10 and an yes, 8 year old. Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. Yes. Thankfully, that's something that we've always had is a, is a wonderful support system that I don't know that we could have made it at least our marriage survive all of the things without our support system there to, to help us. You know, the nurses, when the boys would come and visit were so fun and just kept it real lighthearted. Child life was wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, took them on tours around the hospital and spoiled them with, with teddy bears and t-shirts. And it was just, um, we couldn't have asked for a better support system while we were going through um, everything that we went through at least the first three months. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that journey it was it it became much more complex and complicated. Yes. And that's when you came into the picture. Yes. Was you know um, we got to go home for uh, I believe it was right before yeah it was right before his first birthday. Um, he actually turned ten June first, and so. Um, Things really, because he was still small and still pretty, his heart was is really was really sick. 
they had did everything they needed to do in order for us to get home and allow him some time to recover and grow before we needed to go back in and do another procedure. Um, but he was still very weak and just very, I remember that whole first year being home. I, I mean, he literally just laid in what they call, it was a nap nanny and he could lift his arms, but he was so weak and mm. very little oxygen was being pumped through his body. And he got the nickname Bluey Louie because he was so cyanotic and blue and, um, and I remember um, the day before his first birthday was when he became septic and we ended up in the PICU. And I think that was the first time that we met mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because that was a very long stay mm -hmm. and a very difficult stay, which is when, you know, we mm -hmm. got our trache and tracheostomy and, and all of these other things started to change in our life when mm -hmm. it came to Louie. And so... Um, that was a big, a, a big changing point in our, in our journey. Not yeah. that it wasn't crazy before, but. Yeah. So know. he was home almost nine months. Uh-huh. Yeah. But knowing that, like you said, I mean, to see mm -hmm. your tiny infant turning oh. blue and knowing that you miserable. still have a journey ahead. Mm -hmm. And was so much of that revolving really around the heart, the mm -hmm. heart needing mm -hmm more yes so was there a plan that y'all were going to go back in before mm -hmm. he became septic and sick oh yeah mm -hmm. okay we were waiting for him to reach a certain weight okay okay um because the heart and the vessels and his particular um, defect was so complicated and the vessels were so tiny we're talking two millimeters mm -hmm. um, you know super tiny vessels that dr not craig was was going to have to work with and so the bigger that we could get him, the better. And right. so the longer, and you know, it, it's crazy how the body works. He could, Louis could function with oxygen levels in the upper 70s, lower 80s. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's where we stayed, mm -hmm. which, which. That is, was his norm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's so funny because anytime we would ever go um, into a checkup or something, I mean, their eyes would get me. They're like, "Ooh, okay, wow, this is interesting. Like, this is no norm, his normal." And I'm like, "That's his, that's his normal." I yeah. know. Yeah. Like, "Ooh, he's awfully blue today." I'm like, <laughs> "I know." Yes. And depending on how upset he gets, will determine how much bluer he gets. It's just, you know, it was just this wild ride. But yeah, so we had a plan. He would he would gain an X amount of weight, and then we would move on with the next phase of his heart surgery. And he ended up getting, due to his kidney issue that he was born with, which is, it's called a horseshoe kidney. It's not really anything detrimental. They can function fine, but they have um, higher uh, propensity for um, urinary tract infections, kidney stones, okay. things like that. Okay. And he got a UTI and just, I, I could tell one afternoon that it was just off. I mean, everything about Louie was a little off, but this, this day it was like really off. And I was like, oh my gosh. And we rushed him to the hospital and we got him there and he coded and it was a horrific, horrific event. And, um, they had to intubate him and he was in a medically induced coma for months. I mean, it was, we were, I think we were there for close to four months that time, um, and the PICU. Mm -hmm. And just the kind of the damage that had been done. Like the yes. UTI turned it into sepsis. Oh, sepsis. Yes. Immediately. With his heart as weak yeah. and as and as fragile as he was in general, mm -hmm. it just, boom, instantly, you know, it, it went into sepsis, basically. I mean, his temperature was 102 and, you know, maybe less than, I don't know, 24 hours before it, he was fine. It, it mm -hmm. just hit so hard, so fast. Mm-hmm. And um, we had to do an emergency surgery then. Dr. Not Craig came in, and, and Louie was in something called pulmonary hypertensive crisis, mm -hmm. um, which is horrible. I won't go into details about that. But um, basically, I mean, his life was on the line, and Dr. Not Craig came in and set us down. This is his thoracic surgeon, his heart surgeon. And he said, we don't really have a choice but to operate, and there's only a 50-50% chance that, you know, that he's going to make it out of this, but we got to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, can I just get your signature? Wow. Because this is basically all we've got left. Mm -hmm. And I signed my name on the dotted line, took him back. He did the second half of his heart surgery. And, um, you know, he, it was a very long, tedious process. And I mean, I could just see the, 
exhaustion in Dr. Not Craig's face when he came back to the room and told us, you know, that it was successful. It was difficult. But um, he felt like Louie was going to make a, you know, a decent recovery. Mm -hmm. The only time would tell, especially the next like 72 hours. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he made it through 48 hours. They had to rush him back to the OR. I can't remember exactly. I was so exhausted, but I can't remember exactly what they had to do. Other, But they brought him back and everything was okay. And then it was just a long recovery. And, and I, I remember we got to go home, but there was something still just off about him. Mm-hmm. And he ended up um, during the surgery, his phrenic nerve, something happened to his phrenic nerve and his left diaphragm stopped working Mm. the nerve that supplied that muscle was was dead you know it just wasn't working and so um he was having issues oxygenating because technically after this heart surgery we should have been seeing we should have seen higher oxygen numbers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we just weren't and and so it took us a while to figure out what was going on there and we ended up back you know in the hospital and had to get um application of his diaphragm ended up with the trach and then it was just a long you know another long journey Mm -hmm. in and out um, because not being able to ventilate well and oxygenate well was just a it took a major toll Mm -hmm. on him Um, so then y'all had to learn all that new oh my how to take care of a Mm -hmm. and mind you you also during that four months in the PICU, <laughs> yeah. you are nine months pregnant. I am. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, you are. We actually got home that time. I want to say it was like around August 25th, 26th, something like that. And I was, I was give, like my um, due date was set for September 23rd. Yeah. My induction date. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. The nurses were like pushing me out of there. Please, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're about to have this baby at Lamont, <laughs> yeah. and we don't know we how don't to do that. this. We don't yeah, want that. We don't uh-uh. deliver babies no. here. Uh-uh. Um, so you're home with this still very fragile, oh. sick, and he's, and he's, did he come home from that four month pick you stay with a trach? No, not okay. that time. Not that time. Okay. So you deliver Vinny, mm-hmm. you're bouncing a 10. I'm sorry. Yes, he did. Because when I had Vinny, yes. He did have a trach. You're okay. right. Because I had to learn all of what goes along with taking care of a child on a vent mm-hmm. and taking care of a child with a trach. That's two things. You can learn how to take care of a child that's, you know, trach uh, care. Trach yeah. care. Yeah. But then. Not vented. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Having those two things. It was like, and you have to have two people, you know, it was, it was like the. It was, it was the craziest yeah. time. And you're just in in this go mode. Adrenaline. And yes, yeah. these blinders are on. You, you see nothing else but to just figure out a way to get your family back together and to get your baby home. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what it takes. And I, oh my gosh, it was just. So you have an 11-year-old, a 9-year-old. Mm-hmm. You've got Louie who mm-hmm. has so many medical needs and mm-hmm. then you give birth to this brand new mm-hmm. baby Vinny mm-hmm. who everything with his mm-hmm. pregnancy delivery all went well mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so you're at home with all four of these boys mm-hmm. who all have their different needs mm-hmm. in different ways yes and um so then we're we're here about Vinny's about a year and a half I mean uh, Louis about a year and a half somewhere mm-hmm. on there and then from there is it quick stays in the hospital for you know if you got a sickness or or is it longer stays kind of leave you, you we can that. call them quick stays just because we've done the really long but even if you're when you have other kids at home mm-hmm. even if you are in there for two weeks yeah it's it so feels hard. like the right. longest two weeks of your life yeah you just want your heart is just pulling you back you know, and, and and there's just this tension mm-hmm. that is is so difficult to deal with on a daily basis, and you just want to be home. You yeah. just want it to be over. You yeah. know. Yeah. Um. But yes, we would be in and out. Um. Any little sniffle that one of the other kids might have was like you know two weeks stay for Louis. Yeah. Um. Detrimental. To yeah. Him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it it was tough. It was exhausting to say the least. And that really kind of continued. Did he show 
some improvements kind of oh, yeah. okay mm-hmm. so really i mean having the trach in the g2 really allowed him his body to kind of recover yes, and to rest grow mm-hmm. and get the nourishment obviously that he needed yes um and so that's until because i know there was another large big mm-hmm. moment so mm-hmm. tell me about that so he did really well at home he gained weight he um started to move towards different regular you know goals that you see your your babies go through and obviously the peer pressure from his younger brother yes. was was great to have because I he remember, would yeah. I remember even talking to you about that in in the <laughs> hospital and being like I'm sorry what there's 16 months of what what and you being like it's been unreal because Louis sees Vinny and he's doing, like dude no pulling up yeah. or you know starting to cruise or whatever it was and Louis being like no nah, I'm doing that too like I'm gonna hold try on that. dude uh-huh. you just sit down for a second let me yeah. try yes yeah. no he was not having it so that peer pressure was it, it's so funny how we joke about it now at the time I was like what am I doing yeah. but, but yes no it, it was so fun to watch them and their relationship grow and Louis that competitive Marcuso spirit come out yeah and just be like hold on I've got all this stuff attached to me but I'm 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 about to show out okay yeah, yeah. it was a lot of fun so he he um it got we had therapists come into the house and so that was wonderful mm-hmm. He got stronger. He got bigger. Um, And then he, I believe it was March, and he um, ended up with RSV. And and that was really, that was, when Louie goes in, he goes in. And he goes all in. Yeah. (laughs) He, um, and, and that's sort of a, it sounds a little morbid, but it's a joke, you know, through with a lot of the nurses that have cared for Louie over the years. It's like, okay, Louie. Yeah. Like, let's just make this nice and easy. Okay, yeah. buddy. Yeah. But he is, um, he makes them work for sure. And so he got RSV and we ended up there for another couple months. Um, and this is what year? This uh, had to have been, he was going to be three in June. He mu- okay. He was either already three or about to turn three. Okay. Okay. We were, we had been weaned off, we had gotten weaned off the vent. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was, he was just trach collar, which means it was just his trach with, right. with, you know, the HME. Um, so he had done so much and had been doing great. Okay. And, um, and then RSV just took him, yeah, took really him down, him down. Yeah. major. And so we ended up in the PICU again. We, um, were on the ventilator. We ended up on the oscillator, mm-hmm. which is, I can't even explain that machine, but yeah. it's, it's terrible. And then. It's um, another type of breathing machine, but it breathes yes. for them like 80 to a hundred beats per minute. So oh. it's just. Oh. Yes. Their body is like gyrating almost off of the. Oh, it's just awful. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember he stopped tolerating that. His sats were still getting lower and lower. And I have to give credit, and Dr. Bucknitz would probably shoot me in my foot if he heard me say this, but he and one of my dear high school best friend, who was a PICU nurse at the time, she had just finished her little PD flight run, and she'd come while she was in uh, nurse practitioner school, you know, was working PICU, and she had Louie that night. And he, I got to go home and take a break, just get out of the hospital, go see my babies, go just try to feel like a human again. Mm-hmm. And he stopped tolerating the oscillator. And it was just through God's mercy that Dr. Bucknitz was on and Jenny was his nurse. And Dr. Bucknitz was like, I mean, we can't just sit here and, and let this happen. And he stood over Louie with the bag. My mother was there with Louie and, and he bagged Louie. Um, I have, my mom said it must have been for 30, 45 minutes just mm-hmm. watching the monitor and hoping and praying that Louie's numbers were going to come back up. Mm-hmm. And they did. And they were able to put him back on the regular ventilator. Wow. And we rode out, you know, the rest of the you know month and a half that we were there. And he ended up making a full recovery, which was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And that's just um, that's just one of the heroic they're all heroes, everyone that's ever laid hands on Louie up there at Le Bonner. But that will always 
just be one of those moments that really sticks out in my mind of just the selfless, genuine care that um, the providers at Labonner have for our kiddos. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it was an unbelievable experience in both ways, good and bad. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's something that just changes your life forever. Right. Right. Um, so he's three, somewhere around three, mm -hmm. comes home again, doing yeah. mm -hmm. pretty well. Yeah. Gets to start preschool. Riverdale started a, a new preschool program for special needs kids and um, they have some typical peers mixed in there and, mm -hmm. and Louie got to, to start that. Um, we go, went through the decannulation process shortly after that, which is a fancy word for just getting the, the trach out. Mm -hmm. Did great with that, continued to grow and started walking and just became Mr. Riverdale is what they called him because he just loved to walk the halls and he just smiled and just had the best time. Um, and then the next year he, he got, um, strep in 2017, December of 2017, mm -hmm. which was another big whammy mm -hmm. and ended up right back in a very scary, scary position. Um, and he was, um, they had to put an emergency trach back in. He ended up on ECMO, which is, um, a very difficult thing to watch. I mean, everything is difficult, but this is mm -hmm. on a, a whole different level mm -hmm. of difficult mm -hmm. to see your baby laying there and what and what's happening to yeah. them in order to just keep them alive. Right. And you hope that they make it. It's every hour is crucial at mm -hmm. that moment. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and he did. I mean, he was on ECMO seven days, I believe, and. And they were able to take him off. And then we just, we went through that recovery process as well. And that was months again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then after that, so now he's recannulated, mm -hmm. totally trach dependent. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah. go home again. Go home again. With full trach. Yep. All that stuff. Mm -hmm. Oxygen is needed. Some nights he would require it and some he wouldn't. Um, just depended on, I guess, his energy level. I don't know. Okay. He was just such, thank goodness for Dr. Shoemaker just being like, okay, whatever. Here, take take some oxygen home. And okay. when he needs it, you know, they trusted us. So he wasn't know? always hooked up? Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just kind of, he would show you signs. And it, if he was sick, he was definitely mm -hmm. on oxygen. We'd have, you know, oxygen cords all running all throughout the house and yeah. every room with... You know, and and it's so funny. The neighborhood kids would just get used to it, and they would, you know, just know to jump over it, or you know, because our yeah. house is sort of like the neighborhood hub for a while. And yeah, um, and Louie didn't let any of that stop him. And so He's that's tough. now your 2017, 2018, mm -hmm. um, and then kind of lead us into today. So we started some. Um, homebound school we we're really just trying to catch up on a lot of the things that Louie missed out on mm -hmm. um it takes a long time for his body to and mind you he's tough as nails I mean the kid is is just superhuman but you know it takes them a while to get their strength back get mm -hmm. their energy back and so for it took us a while just to get to the point where we could start school again um get out into the world and me not be terrified of mm -hmm. every little germ. You know, you have to sort of learn to let go mm -hmm. unless you just want to keep them in a bubble, which is just, well, in our circumstances was not possible with yeah. all the kiddos we have. Yeah. Um, it actually turned out to be a huge blessing because I would have lost my mind. Um, <laughs> just allowing him to live yeah. and to not be afraid of what could happen, but just live in the moment. Yeah. Let him experience school and friends and society and yeah. growing and gaining and learning and all of those things is pretty much what we focused on for the next couple of years, mm -hmm. um, even up until up until now. But, you know, I mean, obviously the pandemic took a big toll, which we have not had COVID, fortunately, mm -hmm. <laughs> in our household. Louie never I mean, Lord, yeah. of all of the, you know, 
yeah the things that you think i mean he's had every other random bug yeah. that you could possibly think some that they just still don't they're like i don't know what it is but it's obviously causing a problem yeah you know he made it great through that but we're still in this phase we're in this holding phase i guess you could say um we had to do to scar tissue that developed in his airway because of all of the emergency intubations and things his airway became pretty narrow in a certain uh area that needed to be you know um opened up and we've done several lasers we did all the balloons all the things that we could do um we were very reserved and um in our treatments and and then we finally decided you know it was time for him to go with the resection an entire resection which means um they take a piece of rib cartilage and then they rebuild his airway with that they cut out the area that is stenotic or um, hardened and um, they put the um, cartilage in that place and just basically and rebuild his airway. Mm-hmm. I mean, hmm, piece of cake, huh? Yeah, <laughs> my goodness. Dr. McLevy is wonderful. And so we've done that. We did that in um, the beginning of May. He did awesome. Um, all of his appointments, his, you know, post op appointments have looked great. Um, we went in for a bronchoscopy, which is where they actually, you know, put them to sleep and they go in and they, they look, um, and everything still looks open. We're going to do one more bronchoscopy July 5th. Mm -hmm. Fingers crossed if everything looks good and there's not any scar tissue that has formed, you know, we're, we're looking at, um, decannulation or getting his trach out, you know, before Dr. McLevy takes off to, um, the northern part of New York, which I told her she's not allowed to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so hard to oh, lose no, the start that she It and is. Now. It's so hard, but she deserves it. It's going to be great for her. But um, And Dr. McLellan will be taking over, who's wonderful. But, yeah, so we're we're hoping to get that trach out in time for another school year. Yeah. And hope we make it the entire school year this time. <laughs> I know it. I know. Who would have ever thought, on top of all the stuff he's been through, and then you had a pandemic in there. Oh, oh my gosh. I know the, it. Okay, as crazy as it sounds, and I hope I don't offend anyone, but the pandemic was a little bit of a blessing for our family because nobody could go anywhere or do uh, anything. And so we were all, like, extra healthy yes. during this time. Yeah, which is what y'all probably needed. Oh, we do. We yeah. do. You hate to be that family that is, like, I mean, I remember I used to have a sign on my door, laminated, and it was, like, this, in as a funny and lighthearted way as I could, it was basically saying, please do not come in mm-hmm. if you have a cough, if you have a sneeze, mm-hmm. if you've been around somebody with a cough or a sneeze. Yeah. And take your shoes off before yeah. you come in my house, you know. Well, and now <laughs> I think the blessing of, you know, the pandemic and COVID is that people are, are more aware. Absolutely. Of like, okay, I don't, you know, in the past I may just think it's allergies or yeah. I may just think it's yeah. a, a small cold to oh, me. Trach moms, we always joke. It's like. Excuse, and this is bef- this is pre-pandemic. Yeah. Now everyone in, in public, you can pretty much just like I, I you don't want to cough in public, yeah. or you'll get that uh-huh. look. Oh yeah. But before pre-pandemic, trach moms will give you a look. Yeah. Like, don't cough around me and my baby. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, and even now, I mean, the the I was talking to a cancer mom, and she was saying, pre-pandemic, if they, you know, if her son wore mask in public you yeah. know he was yeah. stared at and oh why would he do like, that oh, absolutely you know we're now it's like hey, oh hey it's their choice yeah it's do your it. choice go i mean there it. was a window where we all did yes. and then now it's kind of like oh good for you yeah. you know if you mm-hmm. want to do it go for it yeah um and so there's less judgment or um just more understanding yes like there, that there are people around you that um and that was the hard thing for us for me was accepting the fact that I would go out and it sounds horrible, but it's just a real, uh, emotional. And, you know, we could, I could talk all day on this topic of just the emotional impact that this type, that this Mm -hmm. journey has on, on you as a mother and just on your family. But you, you feel already like an outsider. Mm -hmm. You feel alone. You feel like your child is the only one that is immune compromised or, or, critically ill child you know Mm -hmm. and he walks around with this this thing hanging out of his throat that kids look at and think look and it took me years Mm -hmm. to feel okay Mm -hmm. for a lack of better word with that and Mm -hmm. and when we go to the park or go to the playground 
it was hard for me to see the kids just walk by really slowly and like just looking, not saying anything, mm -hmm. but even just the looks. I just, I, you know, it, it but now it, it is kind of because it just wasn't a thing. Like sick people just, I guess, would just stay in. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you just do. But I refused to be that way because I tried it and I was miserable. Yeah. And Louie was miserable. We were all miserable. Yeah. And I was like, there, there's no way that this is what God intends for us to do. Like, yeah. this is our journey. This is our story. Let's just get out there yeah. and deal yeah. with it. Yeah. And now there's more light is mm -hmm. shed on just the topic of, you know, not everyone is a hundred percent, but that doesn't mean that they have to stay in their house and close right. all their doors and their windows and blinds and, and just, you know, retreat. Yeah. Um, we just need to be more mindful. Yeah. Um, so that was another blessing that the pandemic, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. okay. Open eyes. Open um, eyes. Yeah. Like, look, you know. Yeah. Don't be well, so how's, gross. How's, <laughs> how's, how's Louie doing today? Louie Joseph is a champ. He is living his best life. You can't knock that kid down. Mm -hmm. We are cruising right along. We are playing in the sprinkler, playing on our swing outside, going for walks with our dog, all the things. Mm -hmm. Just he's just living his best life and and he's he's um really growing up. Mm -hmm. Um we and there's a there's some big stuff in the horizon too that mm -hmm. I'm super excited about and that I think he is super excited about too just as far as now I feel like we're in a place and I almost want to knock on wood, but I don't want to make too much noise. Um, <laughs> where we are um, getting through the hardest part mm -hmm. of this journey. Um, and we're going to be able to catch up again. Yeah. Where he can start. But he's really just growing up and feeling better and feeling good and feeling strong. And he's wanting to try things. And he's getting more brave. And he's... Mm -hmm kind of freaking me out at the same time but yeah. you know it's like yeah we're we're gonna have to you know we're making some big strides and I'm gonna have to let go again and and what's so great about this journey is how much you do grow when these point w when this happens yeah. when we're at this point now where mm -hmm. we are where okay we're ready to to leap into another part of this story, mm -hmm. a new chapter. Mm -hmm. And it's super exciting. And, oh, my gosh, I don't want to tear up. Mm. He is the strongest boy. He is. He really is. I mean, he's, mm -hmm. you know. He's I know, a hoot. <laughs> I know that Picky doesn't like to have favorites, but I know <laughs> he's one of them. It's oh. so bad. I can't tell you how many times, and Louie starts rolling his eyes, too, and they come in, Louie, Louie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is. He will give you a stank eye like you've oh, never seen. Oh, girl plays possum like the best of them. I mean, I it is phenomenal. <laughs> um, and to see, like you said, him to truly be like on the brink of not mm -hmm. pulling through, mm -hmm. and oh. then to pull through and mm -hmm. smile and giggle and oh my gosh, you know, and do I think his... he heard this one time. My husband and I joke. We have more blood jokes like this, but. When when they come in and and they sit you down on the on the couch in the room next to your son who's on this machine that's like just just yeah. you know vibrating him almost off the bed and and they say you know we think you might need to plan funeral arrangements and um, that this you know this this is most likely going to be it mm -hmm. uh, and to see him now yeah and that's just their job. They yeah. have to, you know, they don't want to come in there and tell you these things, but that, yeah. that they have to, they yeah. have to, and for them to see him now, they're just like, wow. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. This is why I love what I do type yeah. of thing. And especially Louie. I mean, you know, there's, if you look at Louie on paper, he's pretty scary. It doesn't even look like the kid should be, you know what I mean? Like his, yeah. his. <laughs> medical records and and the things you're just like how is this kid doing this yeah it's um it's so exciting and he's only just beginning you know yeah tell us a little bit about you know what you would say to families that are you know I always say there's no mm -hmm. one story that's just like your mm -mm. story mm -mm. but 
Mm-mm. And you really have, you know, a lot of different steps along the way that I feel like you could oh my goodness, be able yeah. to offer. I mean, whether that's get terrible news in the womb, yep. you know, so much of the unknown, and then the long hospital stays. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you could offer some advice or thoughts um, or encouragement, what, what would you say to other families? My, to my hard-headed mamas, for sure, that think that they can do it all, don't. Mm-hmm. Don't think that. Don't settle for that. Ask for help. I was so um, overwhelmed with our diagnosis and then the journey that followed. I didn't want to inconvenience anyone else with our circumstances. I didn't want to seem weak. And I have a horrible time with being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that was to my own detriment. And, and in the beginning, now I learned and I grew as the process, you know, as, as I just embraced the process and God put people in my path. But I wish for sure that at the beginning that I wasn't so um, closed off and that I would ask that I ask for help. And thankfully enough, I have a very, um, (laughs) an Italian family, my husband's side that is, um, they're not going to let you say (laughs) no Mm -hmm. to help. I mean, they're going to come in whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was a blessing um but ask for help don't be don't be ashamed don't um allow yourself to cave in mm-hmm. feel all the things though like i'm not saying don't feel sad or overwhelmed or angry or like you don't want to talk to people that's okay i'm not saying every day you need to be out there asking for help or but grieve it feel it and then grow from it and ask for help. People, I was blessed with a great support system. But for those that don't have a great support system, there are women and moms there out there that, that want to help. On social media, that was one of the biggest things. Um, we had um, a, tra- a local Memphis trait mom group on Facebook that was a huge resource for me um, where we would help each other with supplies. If I, if I mean, there was a time where Louie would go through HMEs, which is this little attachment that goes on the end of the trach that just um, moisturizes the air, you know, that he breathes in through his trach. Oh my goodness. We would, I mean, especially during allergy season, he was just going through those things like crazy. And I could go to my mom group on Facebook and just say, Hey, does any I mean and they would just just like that you know they would be there for anything we were all there for each other even if I just wanted to because your family won't always understand yeah they want to help but they're not always going to understand the pain that you're going through Mm -hmm. and and I knew that that group would I knew that the other groups that I had joined on Facebook finally after being so hard-headed um, if I went on there and just vented about something, it didn't, it didn't matter what it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, a flood of love and support and encouragement would just, you know, come through the comments and I immediately just could just say, okay, whew, all right, yeah. you know, and then move on and keep going. You have to have a community. Mm-hmm. And that is one thing that I wish I would have done earlier. Yeah. Um, was just realize that I'm not that I wasn't alone, and yeah. you aren't alone. You're gonna feel that way, and um, but it's not the case. Uh, that was a huge thing for me, was to just ask for help and to reach out and find communities where the moms actually knew moms and dads knew what we were going through. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like you did a really good job too of. Being there for all your children, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we, you know, that it wasn't just Louie that needed you. You know, you had 
your two older boys, you had Vinny, Mm -hmm. you know, have Tilly. I Mm -hmm. mean, that there was this aspect of, um, yes, Louie needs me, Mm -hmm. but also when Louie's in the hospital, especially when he's in these critical care units, Mm -hmm. he's got around-the-clock nursing care, Absolutely. watching him, paying attention, monitoring him. And so if I leave and go watch a school performance mm-hmm. or pick up a kid from school or go eat lunch or go to a sports thing, he's he's being taken care of. Absolutely. You know, whether that's you would let a mom or, or Matt or whoever mm-hmm. come up. Um, but I thought that you really did a good job of that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, if the kids wanted to come up and visit, y'all would. Yes. That they were involved in his care, um, you know, that they knew what was going on. And so I think that was probably important, too, oh, to yes. your well-being. Oh, yeah, to my mental health. Yeah. It was it definitely. You can tell as a mama when your other babies are starting to get concerned, really mm-hmm. concerned. I think that they just got used to the whole critical aspect of our life and but and that's most likely because they're boys and boys just are really good at compartmentalizing Mm -hmm. things but but you finding moments like you said where I where I can leave the hospital and just um and and making you know and the nurses always say Whitney leave leave let go we've got it you know, tell them everything that you need, tell them everything that you're going to do, give them your number, you know, all Uh these things so that you can get out of the hospital, take a deep breath, have some sunshine hit your face, Mm -hmm. go home and shower in your shower, Yeah, spend the night in your bed. Those things are huge, huge. Spend time with your babies at home. Um, Take them to a movie. That was one thing that I know Vinny and I loved to do. We would go see whatever new movie was coming out that he was super into. That was like our date night type of thing. Yeah. Um, Whatever you can do. It's, it, it sounds like a lot having to be here and there and everywhere, but that's where Labonner comes in. That's where, you know, um, you can leave them with the nurses and they'll take care of them and you can go and you can be with your, your family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and trust that they'll trust, reach out absolutely. or, yes. you know, that you'll reach out. They're not going to make any big decisions, obviously, unless it's crucial yeah. or critical, um, you know, without you being involved. And, yeah. and that's something that I had to let go to. It's just about having an – you get into this point when you have a critically ill child where you feel like they're not going to make it unless you're there for every little moment of every little hour yeah. and every little second, you know. And letting that go yeah, and letting the nurses and the doctors do their job, that's a big, big part of it so yeah. that you can get rest yeah. and you can be with your, your family outside of those walls. Yeah. You know, knowing that you're, they're going to, your baby's going to be okay. Yeah. That was a huge thing for yeah. sure. Yeah. Being able to take those breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Focus on your you own have to. marriage and your own you family and. Um, and those kind of things. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> One thing that I to say it really saved our marriage, but it was a big part of it, was when you guys got involved and in our journey, and Matt and I would come in from, you know, I don't know, being at the house or whatever, seeing the kids, and there'd be like, you'd always bring the most fun little bags of goodies and things, and there would be some uh, meal vouchers in there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was like our favorite thing in the world is that we could go downstairs to the cafeteria on someone else's dime and yeah. have like a little date night. A little date night. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Who would have ever thought when you first got married that you thought our date nights will be at Le Bonner Children's Hospital <laughs> having um, a free dinner, warmed meatloaf. Um, I, I'm so, I'm so glad to hear that. Um, well, is there anything that you want to add before we kind of close up here is there anything else that you um you know want to say I mean it's it's in I've known y'all a long time mm-hmm. and it's been mm-hmm. a a joy and a pleasure for you yeah. to let me be a part of y'all's journey and your story and we're to get thankful to know. that you've been a part of our journey you've been a huge part of our journey well it's um Louis special. He really is. I mean, he he's a ham. He's a ham. I mean, he is um, very well loved, uh-huh. and um, and just to see you. I mean, I've seen you numerous times. Um, <laughs> very pregnant. 
early <laughs> pregnant to middle pregnant yes, to yes, to later yes. pregnant and um and really just been in awe of how you've been able to handle it all. I know it hasn't Thank been you. easy and I know yeah. it um hasn't been without its challenges, but he's thriving, yeah. you know, because of your family. Yeah. And I think y'all are a true testament too. I think there's a lot of families out there who have a critically chronically ill child mm-hmm. who have fears of having other children mm-hmm. who think by having other children, will I be able to be everything this sick child needs? Mm-hmm. I don't know how I can do it. I already feel so overwhelmed. And I think y'all are a testament of the beauty of mm-hmm. bringing other children in, allowing them to be a part of his story. Yes, yes, yes. And seeing the growth that he's had because of your other four. Yes, absolutely. And how they've been a part of it. And, and what empathy it's taught your other four. Yes. I mean, your other four are forever changed because they've had the pleasure and honor of being Louis siblings yes, and what 100%. that means. Um, and I think that will stay with them. I mean, I always love talking to parents and thinking about, um, we have a family that we're, you know, grown really closer through the years and the siblings going to nursing school. Wow. And I love it. You know, I've, I've, um, my own husband chose surgery because mm. his father had a, uh, a, a, a terrible plane accident and, and mm. almost died. And everything that his father went through really chose really, Dave was already knowing that he wanted to do medical school, but it really pushed him to do surgery. Yep. And then four story really pushed him to do pediatric. And, mm. you know, so just to see that impact of good, bad, or ugly that they yep. went through being the sibling of a, of a chronically ill child, um, you know, what their journey will be. Yep. Um, and so it's just, it's really been a joy to watch your family grow Thank and you. thrive and, um, and to see how well he's doing and, mm-hmm. and to know whatever y'all face that y'all will do it, mm-hmm. um, with strength and love and that Italian. There's a lot of it. That Italian style. Kisses it, on the lips and get all. It done. I know it. I just love it. Everybody's in there. Everybody's a part. Um, um, well, thank you for joining us thank today. Thank you for having and me. I'm so excited that I, I had this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Sharing our story is just, it's so important to me. And I'm not always that good at it, but I, I do hope that our journey can, can definitely just help someone along. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, and offer hope. I mean, hope in the way of, you've had some really dark, dark, dire, dire Mm -hmm. times and, um, but you'll never give up hope. You know, y'all had, um, desires for his future and what his life would be. And, um, but you had to face some really difficult, hard times. Mm-hmm. And I think you've done it in a beautiful way. And Thank your you. marriage is still intact. Your <laughs> children are all there. So um, we're all there. You're all there. <laughs> the Italians are there. Well, thank you for joining thank us you. today. Uh-huh. And um, give our love to all of yours. I will. Thank okay. you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to our latest episode. We hope that this podcast is a resource for you and a source of support. Whether you are facing illness in your own family or want to walk beside other families dealing with childhood illness, we want the stories, wisdom, and knowledge shared to give you hope. Episodes will be released bi-weekly, so be sure to subscribe today.